0: Welcome to She's Running, the podcast all about women who are running for office, from school board to Senate and everything in between. I'm Emily Jackson, and today I've got a great guest, Jinyoung Lee England. She's running for a special Washington State Senate seat, one that was tragically left empty, but she's more than up for the challenge of filling in. I don't have a big intro today, I just want to ask that you please keep everyone in the Gulf Coast of Texas in your thoughts. And if you can, please donate. The Red Cross, the Salvation Army, ASPCA of Texas, there are so many organizations on the ground in the affected areas who need your donations to keep the rescue and recovery effort strong. In the coming weeks and months, there will be untold numbers of people who won't be able to, well to go home. There are layers of relief efforts that you don't realize or think about until it's happening in your backyard. As I've mentioned, I work in the nonprofit sector in Dallas and while we are nowhere near the center of the destruction, organizations all over the Metroplex and further in Austin and San Antonio and Waco, they're all preparing to help in any and every way possible. It's well, it's, it's been emotional and heart-wrenching and heartwarming all at the same time to even be peripherally involved. Okay, now the last thing I want is to make this disaster about me and about how I feel. Well, gross. Don't do that. Don't be that person. It's gross. Here's an idea. Every time you find yourself on the verge of posting about how a disaster has made you feel... And you are at least 100 miles away from said disaster. Donate $5 instead. Think of it as a karmic Hail Mary. So on your website, I found something that I really like. And I want okay. you to talk about it. Sure. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna... to make you talk about this. Okay. So you said that you and your husband growing up were taught to work hard, think twice before complaining and make the most of what we have. That think twice before complaining. I just love that so much.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm glad you love it. Other people are like, uh, (laughs) yeah, it's, um, so my family's Korean and his family Mm -hmm. is Swedish. And you know there are Americans in America who've been here for multiple generations. Jeff's family, you know, he is third-generation Swedish American. Mm-hmm. His uh, great-grandfather immigrated to America. His grandfather came here to Washington State in 1951, and my grandfather came to Washington State in 1975. So uh, we we learned that our cultures are very similar. The Korean really? Swedish culture, yes. Um, cleanliness being one of them like a just family they also take off their shoes before they go into their house which is Korean as well Yeah, okay. and um, both cultures are very much focused on like discipline as part of a way of life but also thankfulness is also part of the culture and it's this idea of you know uh, you're responsible for you and if something's not working then figure it out um, I had a, a, an extra dose of that because my dad was military too. So, <laughs> you know, there's like no excuses in our household. I remember, gosh, I think I was like in first grade or something, and my one of my chores was to unload all the groceries. And I remember one day I opened the fridge and I was like, uh, Dad, you know, the fridge is full. And he just looks at me and says, Well, then make room.
0: <laughs> I was like, Okay.
1: <laughs> And so you learn very quickly to look for alternative options mm-hmm. and just get it done. That's yeah. fantastic. I would never think
0: that that the Korean and Swedish cultures would be so similar, but that's so interesting.
1: Yeah. I mean, I really knew nothing about Swedish culture until I met my husband and married into his family. And it's it's been really fun to see all the similarities. And I think that really helps with the compatibility. hmm um, because it, when, when you can understand someone just because um, the culture is somewhat similar, it helps, right? Every little bit helps.
0: Yeah. Okay, so let's officially introduce you here. So
1: who yes. are you and for what are you running? Well, my name is Jin Young Lee England and I am, wa- I am running for the Washington State Senate in the 45th Legislative District and where in the state is that? The 45th legislative district encompasses the northern um, parts of Kirkland, Redmond, Sammamish, and the cities of Duval and Woodinville and the surrounding area. Okay. Why did you decide to run? What motivated your decision? That's that's a really good question because actually a lot of people tell me you must be crazy to be running for office, <laughs> especially in this political climate. <laughs> And that's when I say, well, I'm willing to run so you don't have to so you support me. <laughs> and you will be surprised at how many people write me a check after that. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, you know, ultimately it boils down to a couple of things. Um, uh, number one, you know, I, I believe that pub- a good public policy is the result of people with differing perspectives who are willing to come together and duke it out. Right? Instead of being able to cater to your own special interest group, like having an equal footing with someone who maybe disagrees with you, but is on board to getting to a solution. And that for those who want to pursue public service, you know, I really believe that it's not something you do out of vain ambition, but because you really are the right person, at the right time, in the right place, and for a very specific purpose. and. The reason why my husband and I decided that in this election, it's a special election, that we shouldn't just sit on our hands, that we should actually step up to serve, is because Washington State is very unique. We have a long history of trailblazers in politics, and the late Republican Senator Andy Hill was one of them. He passed away last year of cancer. He was young, never smoked a day in his life, but had lung cancer. Wow. And it swiftly put an end to his life last year, yes. And it surprised and shocked everybody. Um, but that's why we're having a special election, is to finish his term. And he was someone, he ran as a Republican, but he was known as an independent, meaning that he was willing to work with anybody to get to solutions for our state. He was smart. Um, And he was someone who proved that we can build a compassionate state government that also lives within its means. And he was someone who is remembered um, for just refusing to get embattled in partisan rhetoric. And he really listened to all people and focused on solving problems. And if there is something that we learned from this last election, we learned that our country is deeply divided And that partisanship is extremely toxic and unproductive. And so part of what inspired me to run is I want to continue his legacy and style of leadership, not just for this district, but for our state. And hopefully, you know, the the example that we set here in Washington state will be a seed that spreads throughout the United States. So when is the election? Uh, it's a special election, and so um, mm-hmm. typically the seat is not avail- is not up for election until next year. But because he passed, uh, we just had the primary and the general elections on November seventh.
0: Okay. So, what has the process of running been like for you so far?
1: It is a lot of work. <laughs> 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 and so, in addition to people asking if I'm crazy for choosing to run, um, they also ask. And you just had to pick the most important legislative race in the country. (laughs) Lord. Um, Yeah. Talk about pressure, right? Uh, So many people are like, the future of the state resides on your shoulders. I'm like, thanks. Thanks a lot. (laughs) Um, It's been a lot, a lot of work. Uh, Thankfully, um, in our situation, my husband, he's currently forward deployed in Asia. He's an active duty Marine. So he's not around. So Mm -hmm. I have... Lots of time <laughs> um, I <I've> set aside. <laughs> that's like the upside, right, of him being away. Yeah. An um, and also, I've set aside my consulting practice in order to do this full time. And honestly, um, I think if it were not for the fact that you know Jeff is gone, and that because in our family we made a decision early on in our marriage that uh, we would live off of only his income and my mm-hmm. income would be secondary. Uh, Meaning that my income would, you know, pay for extra savings and investments and, you know, that fancy trip that we do once in a while, but we didn't need it to live. I am free to make certain choices that doesn't require me to bring in a lot of income. And because of that, we're able to make this choice. Um, And because I have the support of our families here in Washington, but also uh, just so many people across our state, it makes it possible I mean, I don't know if I could be doing this if I didn't have so much support behind me. What obstacles have you faced? Well, it definitely is. It makes me sad that I am doing this alone. I mean, Mm -hmm. aside from my family and our supporters and our friends who have been incredible. um, You know, I do wish that my husband was here so that we can share this experience and he could be a part of, of this whole process. But, you know... I learned my husband would rather be four deployed than doorbelling, so <laughs> <laughs> it works out. You know, he'd rather be uh, defending our our country from afar. Mm-hmm. And, and my role is, and has always been the home front. You know, what could I do to make sure that everything is stable and working here at home? So I think that has been hard. Um, I think also, uh, you know, I'm a millennial and so I just maybe naturally am more optimistic about our future. And um, I, I have been disappointed with uh, some of the press because um, there seems to be a double standard that I'm experiencing. And I thought, I thought that wouldn't be the case, right? Because I am a millennial, I'm um, from an immigrant family, I'm also a minority and I'm also a woman. And I thought, surely, surely there'd be fair objective reporting but what we've experienced so far um, is a bias and I think that's really unfortunate because I believe the media can be a powerful tool for or against democracy and it makes me personally sad when I see uh, certain media outlets only only take one side
0: Mm mm-hmm yeah it's tough because you know, I'm also a millennial, and, and you want to think that, you know, I'm I'm doing the right thing, so obviously people are going to be on my side, but it's just, I don't know, heartbreaking.
1: Well, I, yeah, well, and I don't think it's necessarily, I believe I'm doing the right thing, Yeah. Um, but there's always more than one side to an issue, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, like, I went to the University of Washington, and my degree was in comparative history of ideas, and that degree trains you to look at an issue from all of its various perspectives from a historical perspective, from a economic perspective, from a um, social perspective, from a religious perspective, to know that every issue, that every event in history has more than one perspective, right? And, and that's so important for people to, I think, to learn and understand and exercise in your daily life, especially as we become more diverse, um, and more globalized. So what are your core issues? Well, the core issues um, that I'm identifying as I go door to door is this overlying feeling in our state that we have a lot of people who are compassionate and generous but can't balance a checkbook.
0: Okay.
1: And that applies um, to our state government where um, one one part, so a little bit of Washington state um, political history. Uh, we have had Democratic governors since 1985. Um, and for the majority of the last 30 years, we've had one party control of our state. And it wasn't until Senator Andy Hill, the senator from, from our district, was elected um, with, a, with a wave of other King County Republicans um, that we were able to that, well, not we, because I wasn't a part of it, but they <laughs> formed, along with Democrats, something called the Majority Coalition Caucus. It is a bipartisan caucus made up of Republicans and Democrats who are willing to work together. And I don't, I mean, I, I've never heard of any other caucus like that existing in the nation. Yeah. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if Washington State was, again, a trailblazer, right, <laughs> in politics in that regard. Um, But they, so Andy Hill was a part of this majority, this bipartisan majority coalition caucus in the state Senate. And what they did was they set aside um, kind of the, the partisan party differences and said, okay, let's identify the problem. Let's identify what the end goal is. And let's talk about how we can get there. And... What we learned that during those those six years that the Senate was led by this majority coalition caucus um, under specifically Andy Hill's leadership, because he was chair of the budget committee, they were actually able to increase education funding and lower college tuition without raising taxes. Really? Yes. That's amazing. Now, in part, they had No, I I know it's amazing. And it's, it just proved that, you know, if you're willing to set aside your party differences and work together, I mean really work together. It doesn't mean everyone's going to win all Mm -hmm. the time, but it does mean that everyone around the table will have to make compromises and will have to um, work actually do the work of getting to a solution. Um, And that kind of, that kind of sentiment in our state specifically, Um, exists where you know people are willing to pay their taxes they just want to know it's being spent wisely right and they don't buy the argument that oh we just need more revenue you know people especially in my district are more highly educated are more fiscally savvy um, and smart and if if you want more money out of them they want to know how is this being spent is it going into a journal fund if you're um, adding more money to education, how is it impacting education outcomes? How, is that, how are those dollars actually being spent? And that's the kind of, of leadership that I hope to bring to Olympia. You know, when I lived and worked in Africa for, for a nonprofit, again, there were a ton of people who um, loved the children mm-hmm. and who wanted to um, be a part of our feeding program or you know work in our, our clinic, but there, there wasn't anyone who could put together an Excel sheet, <laughs> and we had—I know—so shocking, right? Um, and we had a couple of of people who were interested in donating money to the nonprofit to start a well drilling project, but they refused to give the money unless they saw a plan. Mm-hmm. And so here I am, I'm a 23-year-old like graduate from the University of Washington, my first time in Africa. And the executive director of our nonprofit comes to me and says, can you write a plan? <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> I've never drilled a wall in my life. <laughs> but I, I just, you know, again, going back to like how my parents trained me, I just, I did the research. I put together a proposal. I showed them exactly um, how their money would be spent. And we provided updates along the way. And we, we won their trust. And they gave us the funds to start a water well drilling project. And... And that's the thing. Like we we want to help people, but there are smart ways to help people and not so smart ways to help people. Mm-hmm. So, hopefully, if I get elected this fall, I'll be able to bring some of that creative, innovative, and kind of can-do attitude, <laughs> thinking, and and personality to the state senate.
0: You have such an interesting background. Like you just mentioned, you work with a nonprofit in Africa, and then you. We talk about the American Council of Young Political Leaders and there's another yes. there's another group you um, were selected to, to be with.
1: Yes, the Council of the United States and Italy. Yes. Yes. So those are two um, bipartisan programs um, that are specifically geared towards identifying young people between 30 and 40 mm-hmm. who, ha- who are nominated um, and then you have to go through an application interview process. Um, and it's, it's identifying young people between the ages of 30 and 40 um, who are poised to be future political leaders at a global scale. And I was honored to be nominated for both and accepted to both. And they're bipartisan delegations and the goal of each, they're very similar but slightly different, is to foster like mutual understanding, but also sharing of ideas. Um, and at the end of the day, really building relationships with people who are tagged you know, by their country as future leaders, mm-hmm. whether it's in business or law or politics. And, and that's really, I think, what people in our generation, but I think you know, more people broadly across America want. They want people who are open-minded in their thinking and bipartisan in their approach. And that's that's my experience, and that's my background, and that's what I hope to bring um, to our state. Um, and I hope to do that by not only winning, but also, you know, dragging other people along <laughs> with me. You know, <laughs> already I'm already talking and trying to recruit other people to run for office because, you know, quite frankly, until more people like us take that leap of faith and, and decide to run, mm-hmm. then the parties will not change. Right. The same people will run with the same ideas, and we need to inject both parties with new people, with fresh ideas, who are with the times. (laughs) Um, And just just willing to be independent.
0: What is your advice for someone who may be listening to this and thinking about getting involved with politics, like thinking about running for office?
1: I would say, if you're a woman, don't wait for someone to ask you. Mm-hmm. Um, I know, you know, one of my really good friends. Uh, she actually runs the Future Majority Project. Mm-hmm. It's a, a group that specifically um, recruits and helps women and minorities run and win local offices. And she tells this great story about how you know she'll go to a woman and ask her to run. And she'll be like no 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 i i can't i'm not qualified so then she'll like have to call the governor of the state to call this woman (laughs) and ask her to run right and then they have to like call you know someone in the administration or they have to call a member of congress to like convince this woman to run after you know she's already vetted her and know she'll be a great candidate and a great you know whatever legislator secretary of state or whatever but when she goes and talks to a man and she's like hey you know you should think about running for city council he immediately is like, yes, me for president. (laughs) (laughs) And it's just, um, I think, part of the reason why we don't see more women running is because uh, we don't feel qualified. Mm -hmm. We feel that um, there must, surely there must be someone better. Um, But that's really selling ourselves short because as women, we are more collaborative. As women, we are better listeners. Um, We also, I think, have a, a... A stronger sense for what is fair and have less of an ego right and so when we're at the negotiating table you know we're not going to be adamant about it has to be this way we're going to look for solutions we're going to look for a way for everyone to leave the room feeling respected and feeling heard and so I would encourage women to to just step up and do it but not just any race, you know, be very thoughtful. Because I, I, really, I really think that um, political office, you have to be that right person, right time, right place, right uh, for a very specific purpose. And, and you know, in, in a way it's kind of like getting married. You just know, you will know if you're the right person at the right time, um, at the right place for a specific purpose. And, and that will be confirmed by the people around you. So, for example, um, in this race, again, I couldn't have I couldn't be doing this if I didn't have the full backing of the Republican Party behind me. And you know, f- as a Korean woman, the Korean community in Washington State are are super encouraged because in our state there is this false narrative that if you're a minority, that you should be a Democrat. Mm-hmm. I have nothing against Democrats. Some of my friends are <laughs> Democrats. Um, so it's, but, but that's a false narrative, right? And as a result, there are people who are unwilling to speak up or step up because they don't hundred percent agree with everything that the party is pushing in their platform. But yet they feel that if they do speak up for, for their own ideas, that they'll be discriminated against or mm-hmm. ostracized from their communities. And I think. Man, as a society, we are in a bad place if people feel afraid to speak their minds. Yeah, it's
0: it's true. I mean, if you hear, you know, there's this whole thing, like, if you hear, oh, I'm a Democrat or, oh, I'm a Republican, you automatically think you know that person. Like, you think, oh, they've got these certain set of values. But I feel, I'm really starting to feel that, especially with our generation, like, we are so less about, like the political parties and more about the issues. Yes.
1: Yes, we are. That, that makes me feel good about it. Like, no, me too. And that's the way it should be, right? No political party should have so much control over your life, right? Like we, we have control over our lives and our destinies. And, and, and so going back to like, for people who want to run for office, you know, I think it's important to build relationships with with a party because it's impossible to win without the backing of a, of a party. Um, but making being very clear and authentic from the get go that you're mm-hmm. an independent thinker, that you would appreciate their support. And, you know, these are the one, two, three things that you agree with about their platform. But just be, be I mean, it's kinda like dating, right? I don't <laughs> lie from the beginning. Like just be you and they're either gonna accept you or reject you. And right, and then you'll know if if this is somewhere that you want to run and if these are the people yeah. you wanna work with. And I think that's what it boils down boils down to as well as relationships. Because politics is hard. People are difficult. <laughs> <laughs> so you have to decide do I wanna work with these people? Yeah. Have you always been political? I haven't. No, I, um, it was working in Africa that I formed my political ideology. Um, as we were working with orphans and widows, you know, I just learned that, okay, there are some policies that either empower people to, to move on from whatever circumstance that they're in or other policies that really trap people in the circumstance that they're in. And that there are smart ways to spend money to help people, and some not so smart ways. Mm-hmm. And so I came back to Washington state uh, more con- fiscally conservative, um, because again, I just Washington' state sp- state especially has a lot of compassionate, generous people who want to like save the world, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but you got to be able to do that within a budget, <laughs> and you got to be <laughs> able to show outcomes. <laughs> so.
0: Well, where can people find you if they want to get involved with your campaign?
1: We have a website, jinyoungengland.com. J-I-N-Y-O-U-N-G England with a U. dot com, and we're in Washington State. And we we would love any support, though you know we we do most of our support comes from Washingtonians because of of what's at stake Mm -hmm. in our state. but also, you know, if there are other people who, who want to run for office and um, just looking for someone to bounce off their ideas or, or thoughts or fears, I'm really happy to talk to anyone who, who sincerely wants to, to be in public service. Well, great. Thanks for chatting with me. Yeah. No, thank you for your time.
0: Yeah, that's right. Jin Young is a Republican. (laughs) The pod's first Republican candidate. Admit it. You liked her. You liked what she said and you thought she was great. Then you heard her say Republican. It's okay. Don't be embarrassed. It happens to all of us. I want to give a great big thanks to Jin Young Lee England for chatting with me. She is quite frankly delightful we had a great chat before and after the recording and she thoroughly embarrassed me with how much she gushed about the podcast. When my husband's out of town, I spend all day on the couch with my boo Netflix. Meanwhile, she's up in Washington running a state senate campaign by herself. I have so much to learn from all of these ladies. You can find Jin Young's campaign at jinyoungengland.com, which is J-I-N-Y-O-U-N-G-E-N-G-L-U-N-D dot On Facebook at Jinyoung Lee England and on Twitter at at Jinyoung England. Please, please check her out. And you know the drill. The show is on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at at She's Running Pod. Subscribe to the pod on iTunes, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, all that business. All right. Thanks for listening. I'll talk to you soon.